0: Welcome to No Rewind with Larry Betag. The next chapter of your life begins today, and you're playing the hero. Whether you're on track and ready to cross the finish line or need a complete overhaul, you've come to the right place. Join Larry as he walks alongside you in the next chapter of your life. We'll take a deep look under the hood to see how you can take the right steps to go from good to great. Victories aren't easy, but regret can be costly. Welcome to No Rewind, you've only got one shot.
1: This is Larry Betzeg here. I am so excited to be back with No Rewind. And first, before we hop into our show, we have an incredible guest today. His name is Chuck Castor. But before I get to that, I need to say a special thanks to Cherry Creek Mortgage, who has been my sponsor of the show since its inception. And they put the time and money behind to make sure that this stays in front of people and gives us great people. I am passionate about my book, No Rewind. And the reason I like it is because they're great people, who have gone through challenges of life and at one point made a decision to go from good to great and kind of get it out of their own way. And uh, to that end, I'm just going to jump right in here. But uh, today, I want to say thank you, at Cherry Creek Mortgage, and welcome, Chuck Castor. How are you? I'm doing great,
2: Larry, and I'm trying to go from bad to good. I have not got to the great yet, so I'm in the transition.
1: Well, I know you're not great because you're working with me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, you are great. You you are great, and I can't even tell you how excited I am. You know, um, I don't think. I mean, this was not pre-scripted, but I I don't think that you've ever read my book, have you? I have not. So I got to tell you, I have a book that just missed the New York Times bestsellers um, by this amount, and I'm saying this braggingly because had I have known what I was doing back then, I I, I know I would have made it. But the thing that I love about uh, the book, it's called No Rewind, um, is that there's a lot of people in that book that are real people that I've come into contact with in my life who've had experiences of stuff that you and I can relate to, stuff that you and I couldn't even fathom. And at some point, they had to quit whining and um, just deal with the deck of cards they were dealt and they turned into something really, really magnificent. And so I, I really wish I would have hit the New York Times bestseller because I could have influenced a lot more lives. But when I think of our journey of getting here between you and I, I just, I, I, I really kind of think that you, you would be really good in my book. And so that's kind of the reason we, we got talking. I thought you'd be great in this show. Because in truth, you got quite a little bit of journey yourself. But before we get into the whole journey, just kind of give me the nickel about you. I know that the one reason I would probably never really ever hang out with you is you're down in Texas.
2: What the heck's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> you're, you're you're a thousand uh, a thousand miles away. That's that the only thing. Yeah,
2: it's than Ohio. It's closer than Ohio. Okay, I just moved down here a year ago, so uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for um, you know that introduction. And I don't know if I should be in a book or not, but I can tell you that I do have a journey, and it's like we all do. Um, and I, I'm, I was dead serious. I'm in the bad to good phase. I am not anywhere near the great phase. Uh, I don't know that I ever will be, but uh, I'm going to definitely every day try to do that. So you'll hear that organically from this conversation. But I think we all are. We're all going through some kind of a journey. And there's a reason behind every single thing that's happening in that journey. And sometimes it doesn't get revealed till later. So if you told me I was going to be doing what I'm doing now 20 years ago, I would have laughed in your face.
1: Well, let's go back to 20 years ago. Tell me about what got you into this, because at some point you were doing something else. And the way I look at you, um, I, you know, the way I get connected with you is uh, it will come up later in the conversation. But um, I see this guy. I guess I'm going to put, put this out there right now. I, I know. What do, you, what do you guys call yourself? I know it's. Everyone says Fit Dad something. I, I know Fit Dad Zoom. I know, you know, I'm part of the iron sharpens iron, I pull a lot of cool things, but what do you call yourself as a group?
2: It's called Fit Dad Syndicate because the community probably is way more powerful than someone just having some kind of a transformation. And the question is, what is that transformation? Everybody has the physical aspect but the syndicate kind of represents that there's a group of guys here that love each other. Sometimes we uh, hold each other accountable. Sometimes it's not so pleasant, but you know what? The outcome is always a good thing. So so fit Syndicate just go. kind of rang.
1: No, go ahead just Go and say that last part again.
2: No, no, just Fit Dad Syndicate as a name kind of rang because of that community aspect and the whole iron sharpens iron, holding each other accountable. And sometimes you hold me accountable and me hold you accountable doesn't have to be pleasant, but it has to be real.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I want to get into that, but what I am going to do for the people that are listening, I, I, I want to share with them just a little bit about my journey and then we're going to really spend a little bit of time talking about me, but really mostly talking about you. But I think in order for you to, you know, be utilized to affect the the, the amount of people I want you affecting I got to share a little bit of my journey and and my journey is just really simple, easy. I'm the oldest of five kids. Uh, My dad doctor, my grandfather doctor, my three brothers are MDs. I got four nephews that are MDs and uh, I uh, came from a very successful family and I created a lot of financial success. I'm married, I got five kids and year by year, I started putting on a little bit more weight, a little bit more weight, a little bit more weight. And I started working out more and more. Um, I probably picked up some some bad habits along those lines. Um, I work really hard so I think I deserve a treat and my treat would be a Friday then a Saturday and then a Sunday and then what the hell I'm so tired on Monday and Tuesday and next thing you know here I am um, X amount of years later um, putting up a number that I am uh, abhorred with. Um, My blood work comes back it's not looking good I have no physical bad things, but I can tell you, I I, I know that I'm 60, 70 pounds overweight. I tried every stinking diet in the whole world. My last diet before meeting you was this thing that the world loves, it's called keto. It worked really well. And then I stopped keto and then not being on keto worked really well because I started putting all that weight back and then some. And so I was saying prayers. My my, my father, who was in charge of cardiac rehab, he told me four things that I tell every person I refer to you. Um, One is that he would say in cardiac rehab, see these guys in rehab? I'm like, yep, Dad, those guys are the lucky guys. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, they didn't die. The other ones had a heart attack, or he called it an MI, myocardial infraction. He goes, they had a grabber and they died. So these are the lucky ones, they're in rehab. Number two, every five pounds you're overweight, that's one extra mile of red blood cells that your heart has to pump. And if I'm 50 pounds overweight and I lose 50 pounds, those, 50, or those 10 miles of red blood cells recess and it becomes better in your heart and that's why you see blood pressure drop. Number three, the cost of a program like your program is a lot cheaper than anything that you'd ever experienced for a heart attack or stroke. And number four, do it pre-incident. I said, what do you mean pre-incident? He said, do it before you have a heart attack or stroke. So in any event, I had tried all this stuff and my dad was right. And what's my why? I got a great wife. I got five great kids. And as I said, I'm going to turn this over to you here shortly, but I ended up uh, driving around one day. I I found you. I interviewed with a guy, believe it or not, I don't know if you know this, but I interviewed with a guy in Portugal who's got ripped abs and I just I think he was a legit guy but I just knew sometimes you go by your gut and you and I have a conversation and I said I am NOT the guy who will ever buy a car on the spot and I told those salespeople that and I told you that I'm not gonna spend the dime that I have to spend with you without my wife and you said let's cut it right here and, and we got my wife on and after you spent an hour with me um, my wife said you're a big fat porky pig and no, she didn't say that, but she's uh, fell in love with you and, and, and found the sincerity of you and said, go for it. And so that brings us to where we are today, because I am so passionate about what you do. I kind of want to back up 20 plus years ago. Tell me why you got into what you got into. And I want to give a lot of life and hope for people, but you got your own journey. So let's start with your journey. Now, shut up here. Where's it begin, Chuck.
2: I got to say, Larry, I do love your wife. She's she's amazing, and I do remember that first conversation. And uh, I appreciate all the people that you feel passionate that can have help here. That there's a solution. Most people don't think they are. So I just want to publicly thank you for the amount of people that you trust that are friends, your wife's best friend in the world. I mean, you trust us with those people. So I just want to thank you for that. And let's go back to your very first, uh, your first way. You, you didn't even want to get out of scale. I mean, it was classic. You were the one, you were the most classic client we ever had, <laughs> as far as where your head was at. Yeah. And that I don't, If this doesn't work, I think I'm done. I, I'm walking off the plank. And it really it was like a it was about a ten day journey in that effect, and to see where you are now was just interesting. So I did want to bring that up.
1: Well, um, to interrupt you. you, I do remember you say that there were three or four things you wanted. You wanted measurements, uh, you wanted the scale and you wanted a picture, um, three different angles of a picture with my shirt off. And I will tell you this in all truth and sincerity, um, it had been a couple of years before I'd even looked at anything other than my eyes in the mirror because of how fat I was. And then secondly, um. I spent three days lying about every reason I couldn't find the scale. I get on the scale of batteries. I couldn't find the batteries. And then I realized you guys are c- going to call me a big pussy if I didn't go ahead and step on that scale. So I was almost to the point of tears getting on that scale. And I and I saw that I was just south of 280 pounds at, at 6'3". Now people said there's no way you were that big because you hit it so well. And I did. However, uh, it was it was a very destructive moment on my scale, but I made it.
2: Well, I'm glad you crossed the bridge. It's called the Refiner's Fire, and there ain't nothing like a little pain to get your button here. So, <laughs> uh, you went through that just beautifully, and you know, and, and what you went through is what a lot of people go through. And you just don't realize it. I went through it, um, maybe not as severe as you, because um, you know, I figured it out maybe a little quicker than you did, but it took me a while. And you know, you go back in time and you kind of take a look. When I say that I'm going from bad to good, I mean that. I mean that from every sense of the word. You do. You have no idea how God is going to use your past circumstances, your past what you consider failures, your past challenges. I have them all, drinking. uh, You name. I mean, I have. You name every one of them, and you go back and you read through the Ten Commandments. I, I was. I was morally corrupt. I was. Physically corrupt. I was emotionally corrupt. I wasn't okay. I was drinking too much uh, I, had, I had to sell my boat because I know what my weaknesses are and I had to sell the dog off thing because it didn't mix with what my Lifestyle is mm-hmm. I know what my limitations are so when you go back to my 40s You know a lot of success financially, but everything else is corrupt So I end up getting fat in my 40s in spite of the fact that we had a 5,000 square foot gym i helped thousands of people through that. My son is also business partners with me, so I'm very blessed to have him as a business partner. And, um, and what happened was in my 40s, my wife was way ahead of the curve on what you would consider like organic, whole food, grass-fed beef. I wasn't just driving through the drive-thru and eating fast food. I was like in the gym five or six days a week. I was on a treadmill every day. So, I was eating what I thought was good food, and I just kept getting fatter and fatter. And alcohol had something to do with it, but that not that much because I did eliminate alcohol way before, and I was
1: still fat. So let me right? ask you a so, question. Were, were you running a gym at that point, or were you doing something else? Because you bring up a gym. Were you in a different career?
2: Well we had we had a five thousand square foot gym for many, many years, like ten years in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and my son was partners with me and we helped thousands of people through that gym. So that was the initiation and really to go back a step further, my son had a passion to be in fitness. I did I was a hitman for UPS. I was the operations guy that they sent me where the biggest problem was labor wise, whatever the issue was, I went in, I blew up the operation, I dissected it and and I moved on to the next thing. So basically everybody pretty much hated me. Um, and it was like a final four basketball game every single day. So now it's kind of cool when you tell me that you love me, which you'll admit later, it's really cool. Because the first half of my life, now that I had going on in my career, or to tell you the truth in my family or some other things that were going on. So, um, so I get fat in my forties, in spite of the fact that we have a gym and I think I'm doing all these correct things. I didn't know much about nutrition at that point. My son knew a heck of a lot more than I did, to tell you the truth at that point. So I give him a lot of credit. I remember him coming to me saying, Dad, I would like to be in the fitness industry. I'm like, dude, no way, man. There's no money there, or Like, unless you have a celebrity client or something. But it was in his heart and his passion. And he, did, he, he transformed his own body. We watched it, and it was just, I don't know where it came from, really. Yeah. But he had a real skill set to dig deep <laughs> on the science effect of it. Um, but he also was pretty restrictive about what he did, which didn't suit well with me. So I get into my 40s. He kind of helps me a little bit. I lose some weight. I can't maintain what he's wanting me to do. These young bucks, you know, they want to, you know, they could do keto. They could get in the gym for four hours a day. They don't have anything else. I didn't have the time or the desire. And I liked ice cream. <laughs> I like pizza. I mean, I like too many things to be able to say, Brett, I can't do I'm not doing keto. There's no way. So I had some success, put the weight back on, and then basically, um, I got really, I'm 5'8", so I got up to 208 pounds, which is a big boy. There's some pictures out there on the internet that are completely embarrassing. When I took them, I had no idea they would be on the internet, but uh, at 60, I've been 60 for like 10 months now, I've never been in better shape in my life, ever. I mean, I'm talking, and back in my 40s, I was on the treadmill every day, I was at the gym five, six days a week, uh, I was, uh, You know, eating whole food, organic, breastfed beef, all the good stuff, putting weight on like crazy, curing it in my core area, which caused back problems, sciatica issues, and I wasn't even 50. So, I mean, I was a train wreck, pretty much a train wreck, physically, emotionally, I looked a train wreck, and I actually operated as a human being, like I was disabled, and I wasn't even 50. The good news is, at 60, I'm in the best shape of my life. Never had a six pack in my life, didn't give a rat's butt about a six pack, you know, if, if 50 when I'm a train wreck, but it, it came about from what we teach you and all the other clients. We talk a lot about sustainable nutritional protocols that are muscle-sparing, and people like that, what? What are you talking about? And it really is the essence. It's very basic. It's very simple. I personally believe it's very spiritual. I think God, when you decide to do something, doesn't make anything too hard. So much of what we do, I believe God designed our bodies, and I believe God designed the science behind our bodies and there's much revealed in the scripture so much of what we do Larry is derived from that also
1: so let me ask you a couple questions here so um, if I recall correctly um, you know you, you, you also had um, physical ailments or issues that came in uh, to play I think back when you were uh, shall I say overweight
2: yeah, I had, I had major back problems. My back would go up for three, four days in a row because of my core, and it led to eventual sciatica issues in my left leg, which to the point where I had to get out of my car every 15 minutes on any kind of drive, walk around the car, get back in the car, and keep going. And it was crazy, and energy. I would say the other thing would be the energy. I was okay on the bookends of the day, but right in the middle of the day, about 1 o'clock, I literally could fall asleep talking. It was completely unnatural, and it was something I had never experienced before, and at 60, I don't have any of that going on. I mean, I have no back issues, I have got no sciatic issue, it's gone. I didn't ever go to a doctor for it. Um, I just took the weight off, my core got a little bit tighter, and all of these ailments went away.
1: I think also compression on the disc, I know when there's compression on the disc, as my dad said, I because I had uh, a microlaminectomy way before I met you. But he says, compression of disc pushes out, makes a bulge, and the bulge presses on the nerve, and the nerve creates the pain, or the pinching, or whatever it might be. Now, I can tell you one thing that um, I, I, I'm smarter to no, know. Um, I have a master's in clinical psych, and I can read into some people as far as what they're going to do. And you pissed me off, you don't know this, uh, but you pissed me off in our initial interview. Not in a a real way, but enough that I I didn't know how to answer it. But you were, you, you, the thing about you that's great is is that you ask questions. And the one thing that you always say is you people don't aren't asking the right questions. And so you asked me questions about me, my diet, and then you said, Well, how many calories do you burn off when you run? And then uh, how much running will take you to burn off whatever you we were talking about. And I honestly said, oh, I'm going to run a mile, I'm going to run three miles, I'm going to run out whenever. And then I think that your equivalent, I, I think you said it was about 300 calories um, for for the for the mile of running, and then you asked me something to the effect of do you know what's in a donut? Well, unfortunately donuts aren't a problem, because I, I have one, I have a hundred, so that's why I never eat them. But um, if you transmit it over to pizza, um, I can have the pizza and have the same problem. But you, you ask questions that really force people to think. And I think that, you know, a compliment to you, and I'm saying this to the audience listening, going back to what I said, I know I'm right about what I said. You know, you, you, you lose five pounds, you know, you, you improve your heart um, uh, blood pressure. But I think with the question that you're asking, everyone wants a get rich quick easy scheme get rich in 15 minutes I want to lose weight I'll never forget this I want to lose all my weight within um, 30 to 60 days and you said no and I remember thinking myself the great thing about this podcast is I can swear Um, but I I was thinking oh fuck you I wanted to go ahead and do this (laughs) and you're like you said to me but Larry we want to keep it off and I'm like oh well me too And as I was telling my my life coach, if they had told me that it would take me X amount of months to take off 60 pounds, I wouldn't have signed up for it. Um, Looking back on it, I'm thrilled I signed up for it. But being a, a stubborn little SOB up front, I wouldn't have done that. You ask questions because everybody is looking for in the health industry, there's two industries. One's a health industry, one's a weight loss industry. And you somehow found a way to combine the two where I can go ahead and have drinks I can go ahead and have food. I can go ahead and learn a lot. I love the, the weekly learnings. But I guess going back, before we get back to you, I don't, I don't wanna just talk about your um, your program. I think your program's gonna get even more notoriety when we talk about your, your, your experience. But I think, um, why did you make a decision to go from owning a gym and a workout to getting it what was a precipice oh you know what I'm going to go ahead and fix myself and then I'm going to go ahead and be Chuck the super savior of the world for the fat people well how about, wasn't that I know but let, what, let but what, but what, what that. was that what I was All right, you
2: said I'm good at asking questions so let me ask a question here for you okay All right, you said you wanted to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds in two months so can you please tell me anything in your life and I could list hundreds in my life that came from instant gratification that was good. Immediate gratification got me into so much trouble. So answer your own question. Do you have one story where immediate gratification led to something good?
1: Um, I, this is probably the reason I hate you. Um, I probably not. Um, I, and if it did, I'd have to think about it, but um, no, I probably, I think you're right. And um, oh. it, you know, the, it, it, just to your point, the questions that you're asking, force people to look at a truth whether they want to hear it or not. Um, I, honestly, if I lost 60 pounds in, in, in two months, I would be thrilled. Um, I would be. Um, now, knowing what I know now, I, I, I would be incredibly disappointed because I think most of that would come back. Did you know that life insurance companies, dis, I don't know if you knew this, I found out, they discount greater than a certain amount of uh, pounds of weight loss within a year um, so maybe 80% of it so if I lost 100 pounds in a year they give you credit for 20 because they say 80% of the people will well, put it back within the same year and then then some I didn't know that.
2: Yeah I also know that in my 40s when I got life insurance they rated me at like at, at average and at 60 I had to redo the policy after 20 years and they just did it and they did all my blood work and they had me initially charged at average and the guy calls me, he goes, I've been doing this for 35 years. He goes, you're super preferred. It saved 500 bucks a month on my life insurance. So that much I do know because mm-hmm. it happened personally to me. So I'm actually in better shape than I was physically, internally than I was back in my 40s. But I'm not letting you go on this, this immediate gratification thing. Think about the scriptural reference. Okay, is there, one, is there one thing in the scriptures that there's immediate gratification that's a good thing? So why would God design our bodies And the science behind our bodies to have anything good come from immediate gratification because he's the same god as he was in the beginning as he is now he changes nothing so i would just encourage anybody thinking that they want a quick fix on something it doesn't exist but i know one thing it's a lot easier than people do realize and we'll talk about that a little bit but uh, it doesn't have to be as difficult as everybody thinks it is because i was really going through the rails back in my 40s nothing was working and i got to tell you, I don't work that hard, though, because I work smart. I understand how my body works. I understand the science behind my bodies. And I understand the nutritional aspect and the physical aspect. And i got to tell you, nobody does. Nobody does, Larry. Nobody understands it. Everything's misinformation. And everybody's trying to sell you something for whatever they have that they're trying to sell you. So, well,
1: I like what I said to you. I, I, I had this epiphany here. There's two industries. One is weight loss and one is health. Um, I think that you focus on people come to you out of the weight loss, and they end up being birthed into a world of health. So you me- mesh two, two, two worlds that need to be meshed together. Um, what took you going back to my question to you? Because I'm the charge; I get to ask you the questions. Okay, um, uh, When did you it's make a <laughs> When did you make a decision going into the thing that you're going to go into? Um, the, this whole Fit dead Syndicate. I mean you had a gym, you had all this other stuff. Why? Why change and, and, and do stuff?
2: Because a lot of it was organic, a lot of it wasn't planned by me. I can't even tell you that my skill set to uh, plan what happened was something that actually took place. But we had the gym, um, and you know it was a physical place. I knew it was I went through and personally I think the gym was a mistake for us because When you have a brick and mortar tied to something, you're tied to a city, you're tied to somewhere, as the online space became open, you could reach a heck of a lot more people. I could be a lot freer to do what I had to do. And so it was kind of a normal progression as far as, hey, there's all of these people that need help. There's only so many people in Strongsville, Ohio. So why not reach out and do something a lot bigger? And that was an organic thing that happened with a friend that was remote. To another person, to another, and all of a sudden it's like, why are we doing this? Like, why do we have a gym? Because we're so refined. And also, as I understood and learned more, the gym is important, but it's not as important as people think for lifelong health. So, well, I I can maybe we were misrepresenting the fitness industry by having a gym. Personally, I think the gym's great for the right reasons. And once again, everybody is in the gym for the wrong reasons, and especially at our age, it's massively important. But once again, you got to ask the right questions. Why is it important? And nobody has the answer to that.
1: So I will tell you that I've spent my whole life um, either in a gym or, or, or running. And um, I'll never forget you telling me, Larry, I'm going to do something that's really easy that I personally hated, and, and you're going to start walking. Yeah, I don't want to walk. I want to run. And um, now I'm running because I like running, uh, 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 and that's beside the point. But um, it's funny how I, I do something easier. Next thing you know, I'm 60 pounds down, and it's staying off. And um, so let me ask you a question. How long ago did you switch? Was COVID a part of the, the, the transition, or were you, uh, uh, were you off before the COVID world as far as Deb? No, we switched before
2: COVID. I'd say probably two and a half, three years prior to and I became affiliated with trying to educate myself later in life on the entire marketing aspect and the remote aspect and how to go about doing all these things, uh, Facebook. I hate Facebook. I mean, I just do. I, I, don't, I hate everything it represents personally, but learning about Facebook and how it works and just how do you reach out to people, it was all a new kick for me. So there was there's probably about a year and a half, two-year learning curve where I started to learn things because I saw what the potential was to reach more people, especially in that 50 to, like I said, my oldest client is 84 years old. But we'll help anybody. But that's the ideal range of people that we help. We help women too because this science works for women just like it does for men. But hey, I'm a guy. I had all these problems and I worked through a lot of these problems. So I felt the ministry side of what we do is pretty much equipping the men in that category. And I really couldn't do that in Cleveland, Ohio. It was like not big enough to contain what I was trying to do within a gym. So we outgrew the gym. Let's just put it that way. That's my thing.
1: So you have a dog in the background. Well, that's not my dog, uh, but it's your dog. Um, let me ask you this. Um, with regards to... Let me shut
2: the window. Hold on one second. I'm yeah. going to shut the window. There so we go. Hopefully oh, you can't hear it.
1: All right, very good. No big deal. Um, I want to ask you as far as uh, do you guys have? You you never asked me. I, 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 we never talked about this ahead of time, but do you have a, a a mission statement or a purpose as far as Fit Dad?
2: Of course we do. Yeah, we definitely do. And really, what we do is we help men, granddads. Doesn't matter. Doesn't have to be a man. But like I just got through telling you that, that you know I'm a guy. I had problems doing what I'm helping other people do right now, so I have a little bit of a guilt complex about that, so I want to rectify what I didn't do. But we're helping men to become the example for their families. As a patriarch from the fitness realm, rather than just the financial realm, I did good in a fitness realm for my family. Not in a fitness realm, but in a financial realm for my family. I didn't bring fitness to my family. My wife brought a better arsenal to the family and my son than I did. So. I think men have a responsibility to also bring that to the table to help next generations, to help brothers, to help people they love, much like you're doing, you're impacting people's lives. So that is our ministry side of what we do. The transformations are great. I care about the dads, obviously. I care a lot more about their families, their wives, their kids, and the people they help indirectly because they become very proficient in understanding this is not that hard. I'm the example. And I could do this as a lifestyle, so let me go teach somebody else. And that's why we exist.
1: I I think the purpose is awesome. And I can tell you just from personal experience, I love giving you a hard time. And I will tell you that I think that um, you and I have formed, if I'm being sincere, a a great brotherhood of trust. Um, And I can tell you that the reason I've referred as many as I have, including this this, this individual that you and I are gonna talk, uh, that we talked about today, is because of that trust. And I, I think you're very real. Um, you're not selling, you're, you're serving and, and you're effectuating results. Let me ask you a couple questions. And this this might get into you being able to talk a little bit about your 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 company more. But uh, you know, I can tell you my biggest I have, I have two fears. When I joined, one was, I'm going to spend a lot of money. And I'm going to fail again and um, that that's probably the biggest thing. But, but, but what do you see with men initially, or women, their biggest reason why they won't come? Uh, is, is there a, a big reason why people are reticent?
2: As far as coming into the program, or trying to fix things, is that what the question
1: is? Uh, coming into your program?
2: I think the fitness industry pretty much sucks. So I think most people have bought something, it hasn't worked. They see that there's a sleaziness to it, you know, and I agree. And I'm part of the fitness industry, and I, I throw stones at it. I don't like the fitness industry. I think it's wrong the way they do things. And I think that they create a situation in the fitness industry that creates residual income for the fitness industry rather than doing what you're supposed to do. But well, listen, bottom line is I got to meet my maker someday, and I have all of this, To be really real with you, I got all this bad stuff back here, and I know it's going to come up. I know I'm safe. Okay, but I know one thing. He's going to ask me about many things. And for me to say, dude, Larry b what about Larry? Larry's down 100, then he helped 100 of your people. So can I get a break? Right. <laughs> if you don't think that's in the back of my mind for why we do what we do, people don't understand that they can do it, though. Well, you know what I, like about what, you,
1: what I like about what you say is, um, one of the things that's very sexy about what you say is, hey, after six months, if we've done our job, what?
2: I tell you that in six months, if you do, if we've done our job, you should be able to tell us that you can maintain what you got till you're hundred years old or we don't release you from the program. And I and the reason for that is number one, we can do it. I'm in business and I'm in business to make money, and I'm not about a bunch of people hanging around not paying for a program. So we can do it and it also sets the mindset because people just can't grasp that wait a minute, this is sustainable because they've done key They've done all these things. They've lost weight. I could care less when somebody loses weight. I don't care because losing weight's a math equation. How do you look three months from now after you lost the weight and the whole world puts it back on? So we're all about eradicating the problem so that you don't need us anymore. The way to look at us is like an education company. So I think people can't grasp their head around that I would actually have a business model. It is a bad business model, so people say, but it's a beautiful business model because we're helping people. And then people like you, Larry, you refer us to people you love because you know that we're not full of crap. I I can't think of a more perfect business model than that. I agree. That's what we are.
1: If I ever go, I always tell folks this. um, I, I have two businesses. I am a vice president of a national mortgage company. I want as many referrals as I can get. I'm an attorney who works at a, at a law practice in Geneva, Illinois. If I run around and say how great I am, look at me, I'm great. Give me your business. Well, all of a sudden, I might as well put I'm a realtor or I'm a car salesman on on my front. But I think uh, I, as I tell people I, I really my motto in life is I, I am passionate about teaching and educating. If I can serve and educate that's what I meant. Serve and educate, then I know I have a sustainable business and people will know that I I care and trust them. And I think that that's what you do. And that's the reason I refer people, because I say, you're like a brotherhood, I can give you crap, you can give me crap. Uh, You can push me when I get to the rails, I need that push. um, And and you can do it in a brotherly, uh, loving way. Um, I, I just think that what you have is very unique. And it's an easy sell for me, because the thing that you didn't say, Uh, I wanted you to say that I've heard from you a thousand times before is after six months we really believe that we're going to have you in in a position where you will never need a coach for the rest of your life. Now maybe you said the same words you said them in a different way but here's my my thoughts if you go ahead and pay two three four five six ten thousand dollars whatever the the custom amount is to go ahead and take care of the part that you're Your physical heart and your lungs and your blood are good for the rest of your life and you do not have to pay for this over and over again. Why wouldn't I refer every person and their mother? Because I'm the guy who's tried everything and failed. So I'm down, uh, uh, yesterday was my record, I I put on seven pounds over uh, Christmas and had a three week bout with COVID and another three weeks with um, uh, just ridiculous weather. I've taken it all down. I hit, hit a new record low yesterday. Yeah, I, I was telling your my buddy, you're your one of your best friends, Matt. Um, I said, you know, I, I had this mental epiphany yesterday and I shared it with him and he was talking to our friend, Ed, you know, who I who I referred to. And I said, you know what I realize? I, I, psychologically, I've gone from, we'll say 280 down to to 217. I should be really happy about that. And I am really happy about that. But if I, at six foot three, I think that most people would say that I, I've left the obese range and I'm sitting pretty well. And my wife said, Larry, you look thin, don't lose any more weight. But it, until every single blood sugar, every single blood spike, protein, whatever, uh, cholesterol, whatever it might be, is in line, I'm going to keep losing weight. So I had to go ahead and say, hey, <clears throat> you're starting today at 217 and you want to get down to the, the, the goal that you want to get to. So... I could be happy with that, but it'd be a disappointment because I'm still a few pounds away from where I need to be and I always think of the biggest loser I never watched, I watched a show one season with my wife, and all I remember was one this one time and um, there's there some guy who was six seven hundred pounds called Joey and well Joey came in and, and there's a guy I think his was coach name was Bob, and so Bob goes. Yeah, I'm having a problem with, with with Joey. You know, Joey's 300 pounds, and you know he should be happy. He was 700 pounds. He's 300. He's lost 400 pounds. Joey should be thrilled. But let's be honest, 300 pounds is still horrible. And um, I, I think that that's kind of where I got in this mental shift where it's I'm really should be proud of where I came from, but I got to start all over because uh, I still haven't reached the destination. You know. <coughs>
2: What you just described is your pain point was slightly alleviated, and pain is a great driver. As Anthony Robbins always said, pain's a bigger driver than uh, you know pleasure. So, your pain of not being able to get on a scale drove you to the point where you were willing to get in front of some grown men and really say, Guys, I can't get on the scale. And I'm like, Dude, come on, man. Get on the frickin' scale. So, the bottom line is your pain gets reduced, and we're all like this. We're all human beings, you know? And it's like, as your pain gets reduced, what happens? You kind of just back off and go. Hey, I'm, I'm better than the guy next door, and this is exactly what happens to people. Well, better than I was? When they do a restricted diet, they they do this thing that's crazy restrictive, like they take pizza out of their life for six months. Like eventually, I'm going to be eating pizza again, so why would I remove it? And then they get to a point where they're feeling pretty good about themselves, and they're like, "Man, I really missed the pizza," and they start eating the pizza again, and then they pull them back up because the way they got to their goal. So it's that pain point that is driving people, and like for you, I know when you and I were chatting, you were feeling pretty good about yourself, I think I intentionally inflicted some more pain on you You to realize that, you know what, Larry, you got some knowledge that other people don't have, so now you have a bigger responsibility to be the demonstration for what you have for knowledge on how your body works, how the nutrition works, and it ain't that hard, Larry, so don't be happy at 217, you got other people that are looking at you.
1: Yeah, I think that that's yeah. a big thing too, and and ultimately, you know, I think about what you have. You you have this belief um, that um, there, there should people were healthy up until what, what, what was your length of time? And I I, I I don't want to put words into your mouth, but uh, you you have a Deuteronomy belief as far as health.
2: Yeah, Deuteronomy thirty four seven is what we're based on, and Deuteronomy thirty four seven says that Moses was a hundred and twenty when he died. And his eyes were undimmed and his vigor was undiminished so with that being said i believe god gives references for a reason in the bible now let's go back and think about moses moses was 80 when he ran into these disobedient israelites he's 40 years kicking ass in the desert with the with the uh, disobedient israelites i mean it was not a pleasant time and and he hit the damn rock a little bit too hard so he doesn't get to go to the promised land but you know what, when God took him, and I always say God willing, I want to be 120 God willing, maybe I'm 90, maybe I'm whatever, so long as I've been able to fulfill my purpose, and I didn't derail my purpose from what God designed, Moses' purpose was done at 120, and he took him, and he was virile, he was vital, so I'm 60, I got 60 years to kick some ass, that's the way I look at it, I love and it. that's not for me, that's what it says in the Bible.
1: And I do believe that uh, mm-hmm. my my um, my high school teacher told me one time. He he he's one of the top hundred speakers in the world. His name is Frank Bucaro. He's one of the. He's still around. He's awesome. But he said to me that you will be here as long until God's put give you a certain amount of days to fulfill what He wants you to do. You can't do anything to lengthen it. You can do a lot of things to shorten it. So if you want to take that hourglass, flip it upside down, you can make the boring bigger. So how's that boring bigger? Like drug, sex, rock and roll, you know, every every kind of thing to bore that thing out. I mean, we're in, a, in, in an age where people are so disconnected. Um, I, I want to switch over to there. Um, they're disconnected in the suicides at, at every level and especially in high school. Um, but but e- even with adults with COVID isolation, they, they, the suicides are through the roof. And so I, I, I don't want to go ahead and bore that thing out. And I quite frankly think that your program allows us to repair maybe some of the boring that we would have done through our misuse of our, our, our body. And my dad is a big conduit. In fact, we just went out last night for his dinner. Uh, he was 85 years old yesterday. <clears throat> he went skiing this past year. He's going to do flying fishing with us up in Canada. Um, I will tell you that um, at dinner last night, we just discovered that he has outlived his father and his father-in-law who they died at 81 and 84 and so he's at 85 and he's doing some pretty cool things and so he's big as a doctor into reversing heart disease and if you do certain things, your your body, he believes, can start scrubbing out some of that plaque buildup that you've done and I think that's what you have here. I want. I want to talk, in one more thing that I have here, and then I want to turn it over to anything else you have. I got to tell you, um, I, I really believe the guy put you and I together <clears throat> for another reason. Is that um, I didn't know who you were, and quite frankly, uh, all I saw was this stupid, you know, before-after picture on on freaking Facebook. And I'm like, what am I doing? And then you got stupid mad on there. Yeah, this guy's bald, 59, little porker in the pool. And next thing you know, he's got this stupid ass. This guy, you guys got to see. He is like, uh, he's got, he's like a brick shit house, And he, he talks like uh, a movie star. He's um, got the movie star voice. And he's got this stupid ass abs that, that are 62. I swear, I have people that tell me, how much juice is he on? Where is he getting the juice? And, you know, when is he going to die because of all the juice? But <clears throat> in any event, I, I, I know that God put me here because I think you, Matt, and I are having a lot of fun. I swear there is no juice and, and Matt actually brought almost a little tear to my eye the other day cuz he said I, I, I you have little baby abs coming in. <laughs> so that means that means that he 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 uh sees that there might be an ab behind that fat. But <clears throat> there's a and this world of suicide, isolation and whatnot. You have created uh, you want to talk about the community you created because I think that that's it might be a ministry, but I got to tell you it, it it helps it helps a lot.
2: Yeah, I don't think, number one, I don't think I created anything. I think everything was organic because if you go back to the origins of this thing, this thing developed into something that had nothing to do with my great strategy to develop a community. So with that being said, I give credit to my wife, okay, because my wife, what she said was, and she was speaking about me. My wife said, you know what, guys, men in general, they're islands right there. Um, we got all the answers. We got a lot of stress on our shoulders and we really don't have other good men in our lives and that was me i mean my family i don't have the same blessed family that you had i don't have those men in my life so she was speaking to me and she goes i think we should do something like fit dad iron sharpens iron which was just a group of guys getting together and only men not because we're you know not, not because we're chauvinistic but because men don't have good men and you know what so every month every wednesday a meeting on Iron Sharpens Iron was something that opened my eyes. It's changed my life. It's changed my life as much as it's changed any other client's life Mm -hmm. in that realm because I needed it just as much as they did. And Matt said the same thing. Matt runs the Iron Sharpens Iron and (coughs) and his wife prepared for Iron Sharpens Iron together and has brought their marriage together. So God has this way of when people come together in an assembly and you are all on the same mission. Hey, we're all dads or we have a family, we care about people, we've all done bad crap, we're all in a position where, you know, whatever it is, whether it's physical, whether it's other things you violated, well, then we're all trying to become better together, and we feed off each other. So that was a very organic thing that I give full credit to my wife because Iron Sharpens Iron never even crossed my mind. So, yeah.
1: you, you know what, and I do think that there's, um, I don't know about you, but I'm... I'm um, from a rough and tumble kind of fun family, but uh a yeah, German Irish, there there is no crying, uh there is no holding hands. I don't want to do any of that crap, and even in my small group, I don't want to do it. And that's the only reason I started it. Is that we men are islands, and and, and and they suffer in silence. I say, but I got to tell you, for for people that are listening, it, being part of this group, it's kind of cool because think about it as forget the kumbaya crap. It's really more of a band of brothers, and uh, every guy wants to be part of a locker room where you trust each other and get it. That's probably a better analogy, um, but I think that there's a great home there for, 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 for that because um, that's what men's, men lack. Women go to coffee. They do this. They, they, they just We don't have time for it, and then we suffer in silence, and then I think that we use painkillers of just one extra beer tonight, just one extra p- slice of pizza because we work hard and we deserve it, and then next thing you know, we're dealing with the consequences. So, um, what, what else do you want to t- tell us about you and your your business? I gotta tell you, I, I you don't I, I don't want to be a um, this isn't a, a what do you call it a video testimonial or, or, or one of those documentary editorials, uh, uh, but I, I wouldn't be here without thinking about just what a great thing that you've created. But what, what else do you want the public to know about what you do?
2: well just the whole band of brothers idea you're talking about, band of brothers works great for all of those psychological reasons because I've heard some of your stories you've heard some of mine, and I don't share my stories that I share my friends are with anybody but it has to be accurate information also behind the program because in essence, there's the spiritual realm and there's this physical realm that we live in, and I always try Larry, and I'm not good at this, but I always try to look at things from the spiritual perspective and I am so not good at that But with that being said, when the physical realm is not okay, it just derails you where you can't even be who you're meant to be. If your back's hurting and my sciatic is hurting, I don't have any energy, how do I ever do what God equipped me or expected me to do with the beautiful temple he gave me? So I think it's super important to talk about the band of brothers is just an addendum that most people, when they leave the program, they're like, I didn't know I was getting in this thing for... uh, for a brotherhood or for some spiritual reason. I thought I was going to try to get a six pack or I thought I was going to try to get at least 30 pounds off my body and I had no idea. So all of that's very organic. I think we're blessed to be honest. We're very humble about it because it overwhelms me. I hear all the time from these people coming in, you know, I don't know. It's a God thing. Somehow God said something and I'm I'm just like, don't even say that because it disturbs me because it's like there's an accountability factor that's behind that. It is overwhelming.
1: Well, that, I tell
2: you, we feeling overwhelmed, dude. I'm telling you, we feel overwhelmed. I had a guy come in, he had 130 pounds to lose. And I'm gonna tell you, I freaked out when he came in. I'm gonna tell you, I called Madeline, that dude, I'm tell you right now. This guy, you know, all he wants to do is get on his horse and pray. He hasn't been on his horse for five years, and you know what, we're charged to do that. And it was overwhelming. So I can just tell you that I think we just have, in our heart, we know what's possible, we know that the fitness industry is misrepresenting things, and it, you don't have to be in a position that you're in, and it's not that difficult. So why not have a brotherhood on the side that's pretty cool, that goes on for a lifetime, and do it in the most physically fit possible way that you ever thought you could even do well, in your 60s 70s Well,
1: right? honestly, you never told me about a brotherhood when we were talking, and quite honestly, I'm so anti-kumbaya that that might have been a turn-off. And, um, what was neat about it is I started getting results immediately I think it was the second week I had an invite not a demand but an invite saying hey if you want to attend attend but I I, I, the reason I I share this is because I am now um, I I, I talked to you about that um, that group that I I started up here uh, my my third job if you will and the energy that I have and, and the passion that I have I'm exhausted by the time Friday night's there but I I wouldn't be doing any of this if it weren't for a Fit dad. And quite frankly, a Fit has, you know, changed me from the inside out. And I'm thrilled to be a part of it. So, um, <coughs> I got well, this thing. Well, I'll
2: give a couple of, I, I want to give value here, too, because it's great that we talk about this. And it's kind of turning into a Kumbaya thing, personally. So, we're going to get off that rail. So, anyway, I'm happy. But you know what? Here's some good questions. And I want people to understand, like, because I think this is a wake-up call to people. And... So what are the good questions? We talked about asking good questions. And here's a couple of good questions. Personally, if you're, if you're thinking about trying to do something or you try to do something, you're thinking, man, I wonder if this is, uh, what are they talking about? A couple of good questions you should ask yourself, number one, um, that I feel from a health standpoint answer a lot of the reason the fitness industry is so ugly. Number one, good question. And by the way, no one's ever asked me this question ever. Doctors in this program, pro athletes, certified nutritionists, clients in this program, no one's ever asked me this question. How do I bring insulin to baseline every day? So important to understand that for two reasons. Number one, your your body will not release fat anyway until insulin's at baseline. And number two, <coughs> insulin controls so many other biomarkers in your body, especially in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, you better get an analogue. And we do a lot of training in that area as well as protocols that help with that. So I think it's super important and most people I like, think, what are you talking about? They don't want you to know that because it, it, it resolves many, many issues. First good question. Second good question, Larry, to me, which which is I think a brilliant question, no one's ever asked it, is how do I drop 30, 40, 50, 100 pounds or whatever and not be a miserable SOB while I'm on my way to my goal? Because There's people that hit goals, and then they're not at their goal anymore, and they go back up, the whole yo-yo. So massively important question about, because if you can't, and I tell everybody, you know, and I don't think I told you this because it's kind of a new filter that I think explains things, but pass everything you do in this program through the filter of whatever you change, whatever you're going to add to your arsenal, put it through the filter of, can I do this for the rest of my life? What am doing here? And if you can't say yes, don't start. And that, to me, is the key to the eradication of the problem so that you know like the end of this program, I can tell you right to your face, Yeah, I'm, I can do this till I'm 100 years old. We really ask people that. We ask people that in their first <sighs> last call. And if you
0: can't
2: say it, bless you. You're okay you're all right?
1: Yeah, I had some water partway through this thing, and it, keep, it was wrong from of my chest. You know, the first question I was going to ask, I wanted to ask you was that insulin thing because I think that nobody... The thing I tell folks about this program is that I learned little bits and bites and pieces. And I was on suicide watch figuratively. Um, Every time I I did something over the weekend or I let my hair down, I put on two pounds after I spent all week. and, And now nothing's a big deal. And so when you go to talk about can I live with this, can I do this the rest of my life, is this something, yeah, I can. And quite frankly, I, I should have jumped off a bridge over uh, Christmas and, and, and during the ice storm and my three weeks of COVID because of the weight I put on, and I didn't. And, and now I'm back, and I'm even lower. <clears throat> I know the gig now. And, and, and can I do it the rest of my life? That was a biggie. Insulin, and can I do it the rest of my life? And yeah, I'm not a miserable SOB. I tell you, I did I a keto my first couple of days before I met you. My wife said, go get cigarettes, go start eating sugar, go do something because you're a miserable SOB. (laughs) Not here. What
2: else? You know what, Larry, just also what you're talking about regarding, you know, can you do this the rest of your life? It's just something that um, from from the standpoint that most people really don't believe that your body can operate in a way. Our bodies are not speaking properly to us. They don't speak properly. What do I mean by that? I mean that when you decide to do something, you actually take the correct action and you seek some divine guidance, nothing is too hard. It seems like, whoa, that's overwhelming. I don't think I can do it. God truly doesn't make anything too hard. And I've experienced this in my own life. Our bodies are not speaking properly to us. And I'm just gonna leave it at that. As you get into this program and your body starts speaking properly, and you can answer this question, it really isn't that hard. And you falling off during Christmas Very typical. I see things like a a client leaves the program, and three months later, I'll talk to them, hey, you know, I put on like four pounds. But I don't ever say a word. I'm just on the other end of the phone, but I got to do this, this, and this, and I know I got to do this, and I just kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. they know exactly what to do. They self diagnose, and they're right back on track. And so, that's the beauty of it. They know how to do it for themselves. And more importantly, they truly can lead someone else through this thing and their family or people they love, which is the real essence behind what we do. You know, that's how you massively help a lot of people when they can really take this information and go help somebody get love with it.
1: Well, I'm going to go, I think it's even before that, because quite frankly, if you have, uh, I am going to say this to every dad out there. um, If you feel like you're the, 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 the so I'm not saying right or wrong no judgment but if you feel as if the weight of the world is on your shoulder that you have to have income um that you have to go ahead and provide for your family that you have no time the thing i said to both of you guys the first day we did our first joint one i said listen um i am at three thousand steps a day that's what i got and you said okay and there was no judgment no shame and um i can tell you um uh, all that's changed and um I, I it's good you 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 work with people where they are and, and there's no condemnation you've seen it all and quite frankly um i can tease matt but you can see how big and fat he was and um you know you 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 say that you were the same thing too but i was and all three of us are are, are no longer there and um, there's a million other people that aren't and so i just think that you know for me you're 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 a man from the outside that that you know you Probably ran ran the third corner and in the Indy 500 a little too fast, and, and keep trying to get getting those walls, and you, you come out of the third bend, and and you got a straightaway, and you get all four wheels going, and and now now you feel like this little four year old on the swing saying, "Look at me, Dad! Look at me!" because you're actually utilizing the gifts and talents that God had given you to bloom where you're planted, and I think that's as a man, that's pretty fucking awesome.
2: It is awesome and it's so sad to see somebody walking by that um, has all the potential in the world, they're doing all kinds of things, but they are derailed from truly fulfilling what their body's holding them back from doing. And it doesn't have to be that way. And is our body the most important thing? No, but you know what, in essence it really is because it's the first place Satan attacks tax to take you out of the Achilles heel to really provide what you're supposed to do in this world. And I know it affected me, and I'm not saying that in judgment of anybody. Every time I speak about these things, I'm talking about me because right, I know exactly how he works on me, him, and what he does and how it works, and I know one thing. When I'm feeling good, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and my body's speaking properly to me, he has a lot more difficult time speaking to me. He just does. So, I think we have an obligation when there's an answer. And you know what? Another thing about you, a little smack upside the head, when there's knowledge, you do have a responsibility. So, God so. has a little bit more forgiveness when we don't have the knowledge. You have the knowledge. Yeah, so wait, you man, have the man.
1: knowledge
2: you know, you're, you're held to a different level of a degree with that knowledge because you do understand how this works. They don't, nobody does.
1: Well, I nobody just think, does. you know my you know my friend Colin. Um, <clears throat> so Colin, I mean, I, I bitched and nagged at him for nine months. And um, and he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm like, dude, all I kept thinking about was, shit, I got, I'm a f- father of five who provides for their family. He does the same damn thing. And he said, nicest human being and, uh, he, he's a stellar man but I'm thinking to myself, honestly my panic for somebody else I'm like, fooey, fuck um, I'm like, I, I I need to get him to jump on board and I, I don't care about me I want him and now he is, now he's happy and the thing is, he told me that he cried um, that his father left him um, from a heart attack or something like that at an early age and I know, And I promise him that if he keeps doing this, he is going to be the legacy um, uh, uh, setter in his family as far as longevity. And and he's doing a good job. And um, so that's a responsibility I have. I'm not going to teach them your stuff, but I'll give them nuggets to say, listen, this guy's got it all. You know, but.
2: I appreciate that. And you know what? You bring up a good point because you're wired. God's using you in a specific way. All right. <laughs> you have a higher level. Of this energy force to go help people for whatever your guilty reasons are. you got plenty of your own guilty reasons, but you know what? You're doing it for whatever reason. So, in this program, everybody's doing something slightly different because we're all (coughs) wired differently. This is not some set, hey, everybody do the same program because it doesn't work because what I find restrictive, maybe you don't. And what you find restrictive, maybe I don't. So, everything's custom tailored and people get in where they fit in but they're losing 1.5 to 2 pounds a week they're living in an 8 to 10 mood meter, nobody knows what that is, they don't need to know what that is, but it's a good place you gotta we dictate that you tell us what mood you are every day based on the program and are you feeling restricted and so, bottom line that's where we have the success that comes in because people all fit in where they can get in, they get on the journey and then they go, holy cow they weren't blowing smoke up my ass holy cow, my body's talking differently than me, holy cow, this isn't as hard as I thought it was, and they stepped out in faith and nobody believed it when they, freed. you didn't believe it, nobody believes it until they step out, and about week three they're like, dude you weren't lying to me, it's like, nah, no, <laughs> I don't have to <laughs> no <reason I'm> lie <laughs> to you, i got someone else to answer to.
1: Yeah, I remember thinking i got to get to my 20 pound mark because everyone's lost 10, and then when they lose a the 10, then all of a sudden it all comes back, so I'm like I need to break 20 so I wouldn't go back to the 10. But uh, once I did that, then I realized that anything was possible. And for me, after that whole winter, to whip all that stuff off, and, and just coming into my my beautiful time outdoors, where I, I know that this is going to be such an easy time for me, getting through this stuff now because I, I, I've gone through the whole re-educating of my mind, my body, and I'm still having a lot of fun time doing it. So, Chuck, I got to say thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I, I, I guess is there you know a couple things I want to want to say I'm gonna give you a chance to say is there anything else that you want them to know number one number two um, I'm gonna tell every single person you call me I will put you in contact with Chuck but um, because uh, he knows I'm a, I, I, I reach out to him and say I got another one I want you to take care of um, because and the reason I like this I have to tell you this all the time um, you know, people always ask me how much is it. I honestly don't remember what I what I paid, but I can tell you that um, I would pay it twice over um, just because of uh, w- what's happened. But I know you customize. I, I want you to talk about that. You customize things for your, your, your clients, number one. And number two, um, how, how would you want them to get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, you know, the best thing to do is um, charlescasterfitness.com. Is something that charlescasterfitness.com and Caster is like Castor Oil with a K and an O. So, charlescaster, K A S T O R, fitness.com. There's a lot of video testimonials, not just pictures, but there's people speaking about their experiences. I think it's so important for you to do your due diligence and don't just listen to what we have to say or I have to say. Go take a look at things that you cannot. These are raw, real, what they love, what they didn't like, and I have 50 more to record, I can't get to them all. So there's a ton of them there, um, and there's a way to book a call directly with me, and uh, my suggestion is you chat with me briefly. You know, We could do a short four to seven minute chat, you can see if you resonate with our solution, I could find out what your goals are, because I value your time and my time more than anything. I don't have, I, you know, I value my time too. So, but go reach out, research, to at least take the next step, and that's exactly how this process works. You take one step at a time, and all of a sudden, they're like Larry, who couldn't even get on his scale. And when I say that, I am not kidding. He is the worst client we ever had that had an emotional level of getting on a scale.
1: So I'm well, talking male, female,
2: I, 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 anybody. I just want to make sure people know. And well,
1: look at them now. and I, I want to say this: I am a person who runs to the fire. Um, I'm not afraid of anything. Um, I will tell you that 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 scale was Dante's Inferno in hell. And I did not want to see it. I'm going to say in the vernacular. I don't want to see that fucking scale. I want to close my eyes. Someone read it and not even tell me what it was. But I had to do that. And and it was even worse. The worst part of it. And I have to say this to everybody. um, But when he said you need to take three pictures uh, of yourself in three different angles. I could take the forward one but that meant I had to call a family member in um, to take uh, the other two pictures and I was mortified. And um, I will say that uh, you and Matt said, well, don't worry, you'll look back on it, you'll be so thrilled that you have those pictures. And I will tell you all these, the whole year later, I am absolutely not thrilled that I have those pictures. I'm very thrilled with where I'm at today, but um, if I never see those pictures the rest of my life, I think that would be wonderful so you lied to me uh, that's one thing you lied to me I, I, I am not thrilled to have those pictures <laughs> but I do like where I'm at today but I, I did I was, was a, I a, I was a baby
2: I can't wait to get your pictures on the internet that's what I can't wait because if you told me my picture was going to be on the internet the prior one oh, there's no way there's no way <clears> same thing for that but anyway pain is good Pain's a motivator obviously it was painful enough for you to take a stance and make a move which yes. is awesome you can have a journey I just want to say something I appreciate your demeanor for helping other people. It's like, you're a busy guy, and I gotta tell you that your compassion for people and you're wanting to help them, I truly believe God placed you in this program to help other people yeah. also, and it's very humbling, and I say that like with the most, I mean, it's all inspiring to me, the way this works, and the caliber of people we have come in, and you're one of them, and I'm not saying that, because I, I tell you what, uh, I'll say whatever, you know, we have to say to each other, but I can tell you right now, you have helped so many people That yeah. you love yep. And I know you're doing it for the same reasons You've got your own set of demons That you're trying to rectify just like me And so, and, and whatever other reason there is But you know what, it's very sad to see someone That you know could be better And it's not that hard And they choose not to do something So I guess with that, we should spark a little bit of guilt In people because there's a little bit of a different Demeanor here than you're hearing If you don't research what this is And you have a problem, I don't know what to tell you that would be called having prior knowledge and not doing something about it. so
1: well let me tell this to the to the rest of the audience and I, I want to wrap this thing up <clears throat> one these guys I know they're in sales but I always tell folks that there's two types of sales people there are people that are relational and there's people that are transactional um, uh, Chuck and his company is very relational and in fact who would ever think that I would pay this guy money and we'd end up becoming friends? Um, I mean, it's just its true, number one. They are servants. They will not sell you. And I, I've referred a number of people to them <clears throat> that have had one phone call, never done anything with it. And as has uh, said, that's okay. He goes, we want people that are right. You will never find them trying to shove crap down your throat. I want to say that on behalf of you, number one. Number two, <clears throat> everyone who listens to my show knows I say this all the time, but y- y- you decide where you want your pain. Do you want your pain of uh, trying to lose all this weight or do you want the pain of having the regret and having the heart issues or worrying about heart issues or worrying about back issues or worrying about a stroke? You're gonna pay, everyone pays. I would rather pay financially and with a little bit of effort and a little bit of education without changing, uh, giving up all my foods to, to live the life that I have now knowing how excited I am that I can go ahead and serve other people so they're going to teach you how to allocate your pain and you're going to be thrilled that you did and just know as my listeners that's what I always say when are you going to spend um when are you going to spend you pay when are you going to pay I'd rather pay up front um so anyways um Chuck anything else you want to say
2: no thank Michelle for being there on that call and for uh giving you a little swift kick in the ass and loving me I didn't know she loved me so that was awesome to find that out and uh She's just awesome. It I, and it's been so much fun working with her best friend. I got to tell you, so it does work for women too. And uh, that that one blows my mind too. Just to let yep. you know, that one's a heavy load too, and that blows my mind. So tell oh. Michelle, I said hi.
1: Okay, and so I love I love you. All right, before we go, this I always have to do this. We play a really quick game. It's my favorite game. I always do this with my entire family. I do it for every single guest. This will take less than two minutes. But uh, I go around once or twice a year. My kids love it, and it's called Rapid Fire. You have no more than two to three seconds to uh, respond to every question that I ask you here. Bucket list thing that you haven't done, you want to do. That's well beyond the three. This is going to be a horrible game.
2: A lot of things. Yeah. No, uh, bucket thing. Bucket go to Israel.
1: Okay. I was going to second one was a place that you want to go to that you haven't been to. So it's Israel, a place that you've been to. You want to go back to.
2: Cayman Islands
1: a place that you went to that you would never want to go back to
2: St. Kitt's
1: Um, if you were to you're going to die tonight on your electric chair and your final meal will be what
2: Um, pepper
1: steak from John Hughes anything on the side
2: just the steak it was amazing
1: Okay. Um, favorite dessert
2: Chocolate mousse.
1: Um, If you were to have dinner with anyone alive, other than Jesus Christ, because everyone picks Jesus, um, who would you like to have dinner with? That you haven't had dinner with.
2: Yeah, that's a tough
1: one. Um, Hmm...
2: Not much of a fanboy with people. Um, I'd like to have dinner with you. I've never had dinner with you. You've impacted many people. I'm not saying that lightly. I want to have dinner
1: with your dad. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll make that happen. Okay, Um, a couple more. So you are, um, you can have dinner with anyone historical, not alive. Again, you can't have Christ because it's a very popular answer. So I, I started ruling him out because that's the number one.
2: I think Moses was a badass, and I talk about him every day, so Moses.
1: Okay, and then I guess my final one, um, if, well, I'm going to probably leave it at that. I guess that's what I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with. That's, that, that, those are some good ones. Those, I like that a lot. Okay, well, thanks for playing.
0: All right, everybody. Hey, I want to okay. say,
1: Chuck, thanks for coming, <clears throat> you guys. I have to tell you, it's a real deal. This is not an abatorial. that's the word I was using for. This is a guy who's spent his, really, last 20 years of his life impacting other people's lives and really kind of perfected in the last five. I can tell you that he is very unique. He has created a merge between the health and the weight loss, and it's transformational. It'll let you take recharge of your life. As far as costs and fees, I will tell you this, he's very reasonable. I can't tell you what they are. I'm not hiding it. I'm being very transparent. As I tell everyone else, he customizes it to you. That's a conversation between you and him. But again, the cost of regret is more than the cost of any kind of program. Again, I want to say thank you to Cherry Creek Morgan. Thank you, Cherry Creek, for being here. And thank you for being our sponsor. And until then, thanks for joining Larry Bettag and No Rewind. And we will see you very soon. Thanks, Larry. Thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your existing one? With interest rates this low, what are you waiting for? Today's historically low rates means now is a great time to take the next step. Talk to Larry Bettag from Cherry Creek Mortgage. Larry is a great resource to answer all your home financing questions. Call Larry at 630-524-9677 or visit www.cherrycreekmortgage.com forward slash Larry Bettag, NMLS number 158606. Cherry Creek Mortgage Company, Inc.,
2: NMLS number 3001. An equal housing opportunity lender. Not everyone will qualify for products offered.
0: Thank you for joining Larry Bettag at No Rewind. Be sure to repost this podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to contact Larry directly, you can email him at betag at comcast.net. Or you can call him at 630-417-7172. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of No Rewind.